want to clarify our recent rumors and media reports an estate sale company without my authorization included some of my trophies in the sale despite clear instructions to leave personal items untouched i did not authorize the sale of any of my trophies and i will be taking legal action trusting this company without supervision was my mistake we allowed them to go into several of our storage units with clear instructions they clearly did something unlawful I want to emphasize that I am financially, financially stable. It would never sell off my hard-earned trophies. And if I was going to sell them, I know people that I can sell them to. I wouldn't go online and sell my, my, my personal items uh, randomly. So let that sink in. Bit of controversy going on there, I guess, right? With the uh, the rumors coming out, Adrian Peterson has to come and set the record straight. Um, I hope everything turns out good. Like what? I don't know what all's gone down there or what the real situation is, but um, I hope I hope it's it hasn't come to that for him. But you know, it's it can be. Real financially whenever they get out of the league whenever the the income dries up or is not anywhere close to what it was previously it's a it can be quite the change so hopefully everything's good with the man yeah hopefully so uh so let that sink in is what he said towards the end i know john over there at brown o'haver just texted me that and was laughing but yeah man um we travis and i spent the last hour um talking about adrian peterson talking about that situation and some of his finer moments at OU, the first game that comes to mind. And Travis had like that, I think it was just an estate sale uh, that was pulled up, like the items online. And like the initial report said, okay, he's selling off his memorabilia, offensive player of the year trophies, rookie of the year trophies. And so you initially think, oh, that's sad, man. Like reportedly he's in debt, so he's trying to sell off some of his hard-earned, you know, cool things that he acquired over his career. But we were looking more and more into the sale online, and it was like pool balls, like shirts and belts, and just like very odd things that are of little to no monetary value. And then it got even more sad. Like he's not just selling his, you know, memorabilia. He was selling essentially it looked like anything that he owned. So I, I'm I'm hoping that his rebuttal back, and you just heard it, like he's he's the one that's right in this and someone really messed up by doing so because it looked really sad yesterday that items such as that were online like to, to purchase. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, if anything, uh, the silver lining could be that everyone knows that there's an estate, estate sale online. So, yeah, seriously. uh, nobody knew it before and they're going to be buying Adrian Peterson's stuff now. So you probably make a little bit more money because of it. So maybe it was a good little publicity stunt. Just joking. I, I don't know what's going on there, but hopefully it's, it's, he he's not in dire straits but i know there's been some there was some rumors going i'm trying to remember back it's been several years now whenever like maybe one of his last couple years in the league where there was a big lawsuit and you know there was some stuff that didn't appear great so hopefully he he can uh get get his feet under him well he says he's financially stable in that uh video uh, so I, 
I, I hope that that is the case because it was reported. Uh, he's made over $100 million in his career, and the mm. reported debt number was uh, was pretty high. And he, he's got a lot of kids, man, as we brought up yesterday, right? I mean, he's probably paying a lot of child support. So I, I hope he's as financially stable as he says because, yeah, I mean, there was like a pair of uh, true religion size 38 jeans that were listed yesterday on this online estate sale. All right. Uh, $7. Seven, okay. Six bids, and $7 is the highest bid. So if, you, if, you, if you're a 38 and you like some true religion jeans, if, they're, if you're, you're, they're your style of uh, wash or wash, as you would say, I'll send you the link. I w- they're no longer true religions. You got you a pair of ADs. <laughs> hey, what jeans are those? They're ADs. Why does that uh, tin uh, pool ball look different? Oh, it's an AD <laughs> pool ball. That's what that is. I saw some, like, squishy footballs that were in a box. Yeah. Uh, he just needs to sign every single thing in there, like, no matter what it is. Uh, you, uh, initial it, sign it. Write your number on it. Make a little mark, something to uh, try and add. Some wow, John, it. that's a really cool tie that you're wearing today. But why is there sharpie all over it? Oh, it's an AD. Yeah, AD. it's an AD. AD it's, signed the uh, tie that I bought on this online sale. It's a twenty twenty four estate sale AD. <laughs> no, but um, I'm you know I, I unfortunate situation for him. I, like we said already, I hope it works out for him. But it just led to a discussion yesterday about his career and how phenomenal he was, high school, college, NFL. And for being the number one recruit in the class, like there's a lot of pressure with that, man. Like There is so much pressure to living up with the hype for as much as he was talked about. I, yeah. I don't think in my lifetime I've ever seen a recruit more talked about coming in his freshman year at OU than Adrian Peterson. I mean, it, it was insane. Like – the reports in the offseason, like just everything surrounding that. And for him to live up to all of the expectations and even exceed it at OU is incredible. But then to be a top 10 pick in the NFL and all the expectations there and exceed that, like the dude has always had crazy high expectations. And at every single level, man, he exceeded those expectations. Which yeah. is insane. Yep. Yeah. Um, Man, I'm just – I pulled up that draft. I couldn't remember what number. He was He was the number seven pick. Yep. Uh, that draft is – it's got some great players in it. Great players in it. Uh, Jamarcus Russell was the number one overall. This is the 07 draft, correct? Uh, yes. But then you got, you got Calvin Johnson, Joe Thomas. There's a couple NFL Hall of Famers in there. Adrian Peterson – Patrick Willis. I mean, so there's Marshawn at twelve to the Bills. Let's go. In the first fourteen picks, you got one, two, three, four. I think five NFL Hall of Famers. Yep, that's pretty impressive. I mean, Revis was even in that draft uh, going to the Jets. Where where was he at? He was at number uh, fourteen. Number fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got Reggie Nelson. Um, John Beeson, Joe Staley, Greg Olson, Puz Lesney was uh, the second pick of the second round. That's a really good draft. Yeah, a bunch of good and he's arguably the best player of them all in that star-studded draft. Like Revis, one of the best corners ever. Calvin Johnson, I think. I mean, he was in Detroit, but still, maybe one of the best wide receivers ever. 
Joe Thomas was great, but AD, it's I don't know if he's number one, but he's in the conversation of greatest NFL running backs of all time. Yeah, yeah, you've got now. These are guys that are just in the argument. You could make the argument that Calvin Johnson's the best receiver of all time. You can make the argument that Joe Thomas is the best tackle of all time. Adrian Peterson's in the conversation at running back. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive for the first seven picks. Three guys that may be all timers. That's uh, awesome. Mark and Blanchard says Marcus Dupree's recruitment was up there with ADs, and that's definitely true. When you send an assistant coach to go live in the state of Mississippi to basically kind of keep tabs on what Marcus is doing at all times, yeah. I, I would say so. Tyler from Kellyville says, just bought my AD fidget spinner for three ninety nine. dollars <laughs> that's that's, That one's going to grow in value. Nine one eight. I just bid on AD's MVP trophy. 42 bucks isn't too bad. That's awesome. I don't, I don't know if that's going to be the uh, the winning bid. That's awesome. What, uh, what was the – what was the scuttlebutt, though? Because you had just left. You're off to where, – where, where'd you go? To California to train? I can't remember where you trained. Um, before right. the draft. Where, I, you were in your rookie year in the league. You had enough to worry about. But were people hitting you up, telling you about AD, this true freshman that they had the year after you uh, left? Well, not until – because I don't know when he committed. Do you know when his yeah it was, was at the um, it was at that Army All American Bowl in San Antonio so it would have been around January of '04 I guess okay all I know is whenever I came back the next fall for like I think I came back some in the summer and then I came but I didn't I didn't for whatever reason didn't cross paths with him in the summer. But then I came back on a bye week and got to see him in practice a little bit and uh, went in there and saw one of his, like, whenever they were working out, just to, like a regular lift, during an in-season lift. So got eyes on him pretty quick. I, I remember I was, I walked in the door on a, on a bye week and, Kel Gundy was there. He said, you have got to see this guy. Come here. <laughs> I was like, we went and took a look. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, he's he's the uh, the rarest of the rare. He'd been one of those, like, he could have been a, you know, senior at that time, and you're still impressed, but it's even more impressive. Like, this guy's a freshman? Seriously? True freshman yeah. at that? Jeez. Well, even whenever he came into the NFL, though, it was the same thing in the NFL. You know, because he was in our division. I was with Detroit, and he was with Minnesota. And, you know, we played him early that year. I, I, I'm trying to remember exactly how it all went down. But he was a uh, – through preseason, he was returning punts and returning kickoffs yep. for him. Yeah, he returned uh, kicks at OU at, at times, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, pretty impressive. <laughs> Could you imagine that now, how much people would be freaking out? Like, one, to have another Adrian Peterson on campus again, which is a fun thought to have, but that's just not something that happens even every single decade. But right. the amount of panic there would be if that guy was back returning kicks like AD was, I, I don't know if some people could handle the stress level involved that would be. Well... For opposing teams, they'd be worried, but for our fans, it would be an all-out all panic about, why is he playing? He's going to get hurt. <laughs> yes. 
That's funny. Uh, nice job. You guys beat the uh, Vikings in his rookie year in overtime. Nice little overtime win for you guys. Yeah, well, it was early in the season, right? Week two, 20-17 final OT at Ford Field. Yep. Yep. Uh, I want to say was – I don't think – was. when did Favre go to Minnesota? Oh, that was the um, what was that the '09 season when he was okay. with Minnesota? Is I mean, right? the '09 season is when they lost to the Saints in the NFC Championship game, right? I don't, I can't remember if that was his first year there or not. So maybe yeah, like '08, '09. I was trying to remember who the quarterback for him was. Um, I don't know, but uh, he was with the Jets in '08. He was still a Green Bay in 07. So, yeah, he was because I remember uh, the special teams coach, uh, Chuck Prefer, was one of the best to ever do it. Uh, amazing special teams coach. He's like, hey, go out there and warm ups and ask Adrian if he's going to be returning punts today. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Just see what he says. So I'm out there and, you know, he's catching some punts. I was like, you're going to, you, you catching punts today? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and I believed him. I, I don't think it was like a um, uh, I, I, like gamesmanship, like he was just trying to play play coy and act like he did. I literally think he didn't know if he was going to return punts or not. If they asked him to go return a punt, he probably would have said, okay, and gone back there and done it. I like that the, uh, the special teams coordinator was like, yeah, they're both Oklahoma guys. Hell, he'll tell Teddy one way or the other. And you came back with the worst possible response. He, coach, uh, yeah. coach, he says he doesn't know. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, I was like, he said he's not sure. He doesn't know if he's going to be returning him or not. He, he's, <laughs> and Preef looks at me and he's like, well, what do you think that means? I was like, I, I think it means that he doesn't know. I honestly think it means he doesn't know. <laughs> uh, that's great. Nine one eight and KW the nine eight uh, KW the nine one eight say Christian Ponder. For a quarterback of the Vikings that year, five eight zero says Tavares Jackson. Yeah, it was way before Christian Ponder. Christian Ponder probably wasn't even at Florida State yet at that point. Captain Wheeler, did Rocky ever tackle AD? I don't know. I mean, he would have had to. It would have had to have been whenever he was at Tennessee. So I, I don't know. Can't answer that. When he was oh with, yeah, are they talking about the real Rocky or the fake Rocky? Uh, fake Rocky, yes, but I it wasn't it wouldn't have been anything that was memorable for me. I don't I don't. You know how this show works. If it. anyone ever asked, did Rocky do something? They are they are talking about you. Yeah, I, know, I don't Rocky know. Kalmus. I don't know what is wrong with me. Why would I take that? That means we're late. The Russians hacked into Teddy as well, <laughs> along with AT and T. They got Teddy. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the uh, the cell service in my brain is down. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. I'm hanging out Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC out here in El Reno. You can't miss us on the north side of I-40 as you head west out of, out of OKC. Huge inventory here. They've got tons of stuff. They've got new. They've got pre-owned. They've got great financing options available. We'll let you more, let you know more about what's going on here at Dorsey Jones as the day rolls on. Stay tuned. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network.
Tired of soaring insurance expenses or feeling uncertain about your coverage? At Rightway Insurance, every client receives a dedicated team of experts committed to addressing all your insurance worries. As an independent insurance company, they provide both personal and business coverage. Let them assist you in finding the optimal coverage for your specific needs. Contact Rightway Insurance at 405-607-6014 or at rightwayinsuranceok.com. That's Rightway Insurance, your trusted partner at 405-607-6014. We know your family's transportation is important. And at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno, we offer some of the finest new Buicks for this year. And you really need to check out the new 2023 Buick Envisions. Take up to $8,500 off MSRP. Buick has it all, from practical to personal. From those want to remind us, mostly, I think, remind you. You may have gotten the better of AD early on in that 2007 season. But the Vikings beat the Lions 42 to 10 in December of 07. AD had 15 carries for 116 yards and two touchdowns. Jeez. 15 carries for what? 15 carries for 116 yards and two touchdowns. In Minnesota? In Minnesota. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember that one. That game didn't take place, I don't think. I don't blame you. <laughs> race that for Yeah, well, so it, it's it, – someday we can get into the uh, the X's and O's department and talk about the play that Minnesota ran for Adrian for like those first two, two or three years whenever he was in the league. It was pretty much unstoppable. It was an awesome play. Handback, uh, crack on the strong – like – get you in strong rotation and crack and it's a handback. So the backers all go backside and safety's the front side player, but you crack him. So essentially it's you're left with only your corner on Adrian Peterson. And we know who would win that battle or who did win that battle multiple times. I thought you were just going to say the play they ran was just, um, they snap it to the quarterback, and the quarterback gets it to number 28 as fast as possible. That, that was their secret play, and it worked so many times. Right? That's that basically it. what it was. I mean, and everyone knew it was coming. It, it wasn't like a week-by-week game plan like, hey, you know, they've, they're doing something new out there. What's happening? Why is he running for all these yards? No, he's running for all those yards because they're putting their best player on the guy on the field that's like, what what's the movie where it's like don't hit it to me whenever he's in the outfield, you know? Well, and, that's an Adam Sandler bit, right field. Yes, yes, that's it. That's what I'm thinking of. That's what the corner's thinking over there. Please, please don't be handback. Please don't be handback. Up oh, there's the handback, and yes, you are. It's your job to tackle it. Give him the funny one, Roberts. Oh, please, God, don't hit it to me. Please, God, whatever you do, please don't hit it to me. It's pretty good, Adam Sandler bit. Uh. <laughs> It's 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 not the talking goat, but um, is right field top five? Adam Sandler, old bit, uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe they're could, all could top be. five. Whenever you're listening to them, man, right. I, that just that just brought up a uh, a memory. I, I don't know why you saying that everyone knew what the Vikings were going to do, and it did not matter. Yeah. My mind immediately went to the 2002 OU Texas game. I think that was the game where you guys ran the, the same play to Quentin Griffin like, yeah. multiple times in a row. That's got to be one of the best, if not the greatest feelings for a head coach, for an offensive coordinator, for an offense, to where it does not matter 
If they know what running play you're going to run, it does not matter. You can call it over and over and over and over again, and they can't do anything. They, they can't stop it. Well, that one's an interesting. That's like a true story of, well, they don't show nothing till Texas because we had not run that play at all. We stole it from Alabama. Alabama was running it against us um, whenever they came to town. Difficult play. Someone ran that against us this year. Who was it? Was it? Was it? Was it Kansas? Maybe. Maybe UCF, Central Florida. Someone was running that play against us this year, and just an old throwback. But yeah, Alabama ran it against us, and they had killed a bunch of people with it. And whoever that coach was at the time, like that concept was one of the things that really got his offenses to be well-known, and, you know, we had never run it and then showed up to Texas that day, and uh, they weren't prepared for it. Well, I uh, whatever the play looks like, I, I long for the days of, well, it doesn't really matter if they know what you're running. You're going to run it right at them, first down, second down, third down, and they're not going to do anything to stop it. Mm-hmm. That's, yep. that's the good stuff right there. That's fun football. Didn't know, know how well how good you had it. It's it's interesting, you know. Whenever right, we're led to believe that what fans want is points and offense and you know back and forth tennis match in a football game, but really, like if you're at home and you're playing a, like you've got a good matchup, two good teams, and you're at home. And you're running the ball for four or five yards of carry. You're, that's whenever your crowd is more into it than any other time. Like, yeah, you're going to get like a loud burst of cheers whenever you you hit on a long play. But if you're just grinding someone out for five yards of carry, churning it, moving the chains, going right down the field on them, smash mouth football, the crowd feels it. The team feels that the crowd feels it. And it turns into, like, an awesome atmosphere. Yeah. Well, hopefully they can get back to that at some point. It would be yeah. nice. Uh, who are you trying to give credit to that play uh, to? The head coach at Bama in 2 or the offensive coordinator? I don't know. I don't remember. Well, let's just let's just act like you're, you want to say Dennis Franchione. Okay. Because <laughs> he goes from 2002, Dennis Franchione, from having a – a running play that confuses the mighty OU defense at that time to the next year he comes back to Norman he gets beat 77 to nothing and he couldn't find a running play that could get him two yards that 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 time around yeah I don't know where it was but it it didn't really confuse us we just you know we actually created a a like a, a whole different like we didn't like most people try and like fit it like you do a traditional run play and that's where like I don't know if you remember the play like so the offensive line like turns sideways you, you know what I'm talking about have you ever seen that well I've I mean I've seen the end of that OU Texas game in O2 and enough I can I can pretty much visualize it well it's weird it. where the the offensive line turns sideways and they wait on the players to like try and fit their gaps and they like turn and wheel the players and it and it gets people out of gaps and it creates you know a bunch of space in there so we basically said like coach venables is like when you see sprint draw just 
like go straight downhill. Don't even worry about trying to fit into a gap. And it worked pretty good for us. I think I had like three or four tackles for loss that day on that play. Chapstick says, well, damn, I thought for sure Mike Shula coached when we played Bama. Uh, he 03. did. He did. It was his first year in 03. He got hired because Dennis Franchione left Alabama to take the Texas A&M job, Ooh. which sounded pretty crazy at the time. And that has not that decision has not aged well over time to leave Alabama to take the Texas A&M job. No. No, 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 no. Did they did they did they give him a 10-year contract for 10 million a year oh, and I'm have sure. some special boots made for him to uh, get him there from Alabama? And a national championship trophy with 220 yeah. blank on it that he never won either. Oh, I'm sure they're I'm sure they only owe Dennis Franchione about twenty-five uh, million more left on his buyout deal. <laughs> Still paying him. Oh, that's good. They got stuff. about seven more years until they uh, finally pay off that deal. Like, talk about Lincoln Riley leaving OU for USC. At least, at least that's like yeah. blue blood for blue blood. But that's still one of the most odd decisions. Leaving Alabama, even though Alabama wasn't no wasn't what we know them as today. Um, still leaving Alabama for Texas A&M. Historically, that's just. It's a terrible move. They were under some issues. Like, they had, like, sal or not salary. Um, yeah, it's going to be funny. Like, the new, like, violation, you're going to have salary cap uh, restrictions. Um, I said that's what I was about to say, salary cap restrictions, when I meant scholarship restrictions. I think in 02, they were under some type of restrictions, weren't they? They were. Uh, they had a bowl ban in uh, 02 and 03, yeah. which it didn't matter. They weren't good enough to make a bowl game in 03. But o- that 02 Bama team was – would have played for the SEC championship that year if they were eligible to do so. Yeah. Interesting. Gunny and a couple of other listeners say that that was UCF that ran that running play this year. That's what I was thinking. I know someone did. Um, and you'll see it every now and then just kind of as, as a as a change-up. So it can give you some trouble. Man, you missed a lot yesterday. You missed the whole uh, AD thing and then yeah. the denial and then the fact that, hey – we haven't even started the 12-team playoff yet, but we're already talking about moving it to 14 teams. Who was talking about that? Oh, the the decision makers. There was reported yesterday during the show that there were like conversations about it happening as recently as, as yesterday, like serious conversations that it would start in two years' time, but we haven't even officially started the 12-team playoff and we're already talking about 14 teams. Oh, it's definitely expanding. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, of course it is. Just like it was always going to expand from four. Yeah. But I didn't think that we'd already be talking about it before the season even started. So explain to me how, how does a 14-team – what does a 14-team bracket look like? I don't like? think they even know that part yet. I think they're just sitting down and trying to figure out um, how much more money they could make from that, and they'll, it'll probably pass. Do you think that – with a 12-team or even 14 if it gets to that, it, what is it going to do for conference championship games? So, for example, let's say you've got an SEC championship game where you've got, uh, let's say, Georgia's undefeated. They're in the SEC championship game against Oklahoma, who's a one-loss team that's like, you got number one in the country versus, let's say, number four in the country okay. or number whatever yeah both teams are clearly in to the playoff 
right? The the winner's going to be an automatic qualifier, but the loser is going to be in. So it, it's kind of a wasted game, so to speak, because... For the loser, the, it definitely is. Well, right, but... I mean, I know that there there's a buy on the line, but I don't know. I guess my thought is, does the playoff, is it going to diminish the conference championship games to where teams are, like, thinking about resting players? or You know what I'm saying? Well, I would say no to that under your scenario there if a buy is on the line. Um, if, I mean, if the, if the buys are really valued, and I'm going to guess that they probably are, it's a completely different scenario for whoever wins that game, so I think the stakes would be high. If Georgia were to win that game, well, they get the number one overall seed and they get a bye in the first round. If OU loses, they would be knocked out of the top four because they didn't win their conference, and they would have to play in the first round of the playoff. Yeah, even but you though might they get just... to host a game. Well, yeah, I mean, you get to host a game, but I, I guess the point is, like, the, the downside is you got to play for an SEC championship, but you, you also had to play an extra game on your road to a national championship. Well, you, you see what I mean? No, I see what you mean, but, okay, let's just say Georgia's number one, Oklahoma's number four, and Alabama's number five, but they didn't make the – the SEC championship game. Like, Alabama's going to be in the playoff, and they already get a bye week, essentially. Yeah, that's why – and I was reading something yesterday that said exactly that, is the th- whoever finishes third in the SEC, like, it could be in a pretty good spot. Because yeah. they could get the number five overall seed, get, have to, you know, get to play the 12 seed at home, and in then host, if yeah. there's a week – if there's a weak uh, conference champ from the Big 12 that's like the four seed, they get to play them in the next round and then be in the, be in the final four. That's what I'm saying about the conference championship game is it's, it's, adding a, it's adding a game in that re- it like shakes up the, the order for really no reason. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that's what I'm wondering about. Like, do, do we think the conference championship games are just going to go away, and it's going to go to like the best record and then tiebreaker he, points? Or here's whatever? the only reason I would say no. The only money. reason I would say no is what it's all about now. Yeah, money, man. There's too much money wrapped up in those conference championship games. I'd be willing to trade conference championship games for that being week one of a 16 team playoff. That would actually be pretty sweet. I wouldn't be against that. Uh, here's it, what here's, it's week one, and then like if you do week one of the sixteen team playoff that week, then like those teams can still go to bowl games if that makes sense. Like if if you lose and you're out of the playoff, but you made the top seat, like you can still be allocated to a bowl game. Wow. I don't know. Whatever. Any time expansion or any situation to have more TV commercials or to, to bring more money in the sport, I'm just going to operate under the assumption that those things will pass. <laughs> I, this is where I'm at at this point. Yes. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hang out. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC here in El Reno. You can't miss us just north of uh, the highway, I-40. And we've got a huge inventory here. we got new. we got pre-owned. We've got all kinds of great financing options available. We've got an awesome service department that's ready to, to take orders. So come and see us here at Dorsey Jones. This is your home for... 
Knippenmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. KW918 says, conference championship games need to be done away with. They're a joke. Look no further than last year's games. You telling me an extra round of playoffs wouldn't have been better than that slate? Trying to remember what happened last year. Texas blew out Oklahoma State. Georgia lost to Alabama. That was a good football game. Florida State went with a third-string quarterback against Louisville. Big Ten was what? Michigan and Iowa. Iowa? I think, didn't Iowa make it? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Pac-12 was uh, the Washington beating Oregon on that Friday. Michigan night. destroyed Iowa 7-0. to zero. <laughs> I, Well, half of that is Run right. Run rolled them. No, half of that <laughs> score is right. You know which half of it is right. I think Iowa scored zero that, that Wasn't night. Wasn't it like 24-27-0, something, something like that? Something like that. If I remember right. That's funny. Well, I the – Conference championship games should be much better moving forward because everyone's going divisionless. So you should eliminate all of the heavy, like one-sided. Uh, you got two really good teams in one division, and the other side is super we're, weak. We're talking you got a about you, team. Iowa. We're talking about you here. Is is what he's is what he's saying? No more Iowa in the conference championship game. Right. Iowa's been like that. You know, there's. I think they've had times in the SEC where it's kind of been like that, haven't they? Yeah, when the SEC East was down, yeah. that allowed uh, South Missouri. Carolina and Missouri to, to get in there a couple of times. Yeah, I I don't know. It The craziest thing is like you could really quickly settle on like a playoff format that gave you the best matchups that – didn't give a big advantage to teams that weren't playing in a conference championship. Like, you could do it, but there's no way. Like, you could design, like, the perfect system and then present it, and immediately it'd be a no. And there's, like, no reason that they could give you, but it's just a no, right? Because someone like, – you can't you can't get something passed or okayed or agreed upon – Unless someone has the ability to gain an advantage. That's, that's how it works. I am okay with conference championship games moving forward. If and only if, okay, it's my one stipulation. Conference championship games can exist if we get rid of those nerds doing the chess passes at halftime for the Dr. Pepper uh, tuition <laughs> giveaway. It's got to be a legitimate It's got to be a real football throw, okay? You can throw it like Tim Tebow if that's your throwing motion. That's fine. But let's actually attempt to throw a real forward pass. That's what I say. Yeah, the chest pass. The problem is it's like it goes back to the offense thing. You want to see some scoring in that little uh, situation? <laughs> because if you make them throw it like a real football, it's going to be one to zero. That's a good point. It'll look like a Big 12 basketball score if you, uh, if you do it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so what am I really looking for here, huh? The, the high-scoring output or the uh, traditional way? I don't know. I guess i got to decide. JP Sooner says, score. The Big 12 sucking devalued our conference championships under Muleshoe. Well, yeah, let's see. We played TCU, TCU, Texas, Baylor. Texas, Baylor. Iowa State. ISU. 
Baylor game was great. Texas game was good. TCU game the first year was Domination. pretty one-sided. Um, Iowa State Iowa game should have been one should have been uh, one-sided, but yeah. OU drops a wide open what would have been a touchdown to put the game away. Then Iowa State's driving late in the game to go win it. Jeez, and that's whenever Brock Purdy Brock Purdyed and just for some unknown reason threw a grenade into the uh, end zone on third. It was like third down, third one or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it Trey Brown that had the interception? So Trey Brown Brown has the Sam Ellinger sack in the end zone against Texas. He chases down the wide receiver against Baylor to save the game, most likely. Like the fastest wide receiver in the Big 12. Yeah. And sucked him up like nothing. Then he has the game-sealing interception against Iowa State. Trey TNT Stadium, I think is what they were calling it after. So the Cowboys, the curse, maybe it's not a curse. Maybe they just suck for all these years. Go sign Trey Brown. Get him on the roster. He's great at AT AT&T Stadium. Yeah. Makes plays. No doubt. Well, I don't know. It's going to suck to make like a – an SEC championship game and like know that it's going to hurt you to play in it most likely. <laughs> I know. You know? Oh, yeah. Like you're either going to win and get a bye and not host a game, which is fine. Like if you can't complain if you make the playoff and you're not hosting a game and you get a bye, like that's great. But you lose and you get – like bumped back behind the team that is sitting right behind you. Like it's almost like they need to lock in the <laughs> the order that you're in before you play the conference championship game. Uh, let me get to a few texts before we hit a break. Uh, only two teams would get a bye in the 14-team playoff. This is a texture in the 405. Brad says the 14-team college football playoff talk is just a way to get Notre Dame in with a bye. And that's been a thing the past couple of days is, well, Notre Dame's not in a conference. They can't get one of those top four spots. They'll always be playing in the first round if they make it. Well, that's their own fault. And that's, so, that's how I view it. But this kind of goes back to the like the whole situation of you could easily clear up all of this, but you won't be able to because someone wants to try and game the system, which, by the way, Notre Dame – has been trying to game the system forever by not having to play in a conference championship game, right? I mean, it's a huge benefit, like, a lot of the time to where they don't have to risk the possibility of losing and getting knocked out of a playoff, you know, but they just want the good end of it, you know? That's how things work. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on next. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is The Ref, home of Sooner fans. When it comes to operating your business, time is money. And the last thing you need is something else to take up your time, like managing cash flow or making and collecting payments. Save time and money with Treasury Management from Armstrong Bank so you can focus on what's most important, taking care of your business. Armstrong Bank. Strength runs in our family. Visit armstrong.bank, member FDIC. 
Fowler Automotive is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far. Even if it's a long way off, when a future event is important, like a wedding or going to college, we plan for it. Planning for our own life celebration is no different. With pre-planning, Primrose can help eliminate the difficult decisions at a difficult time because nobody should plan for a loss at the same time they're experiencing one. Contact Primrose Funeral Service at 405-321-6000 or visit online at primrosefuneralservice.com. Hi, I'm Todd. An OG&E lineman. It's my job to provide reliable energy for your home and business. A yes vote on March 5th allows me to respond quickly in an emergency. Help me serve you. Vote yes to renew the agreement on March 5th. Cavens Group, bringing you the sour of the rush. If you have an emergency 24 hours a day, give Cavens a call. They specialize in fire, water, Mold, remediation, and crime scene cleanup. That's Caven's group at 405-573-3048. I don't know if you or anyone out there is looking for weight loss tips, but I did hear a weight loss tip today, really a diet to help you lose 40 pounds. Okay. And that diet is actually pretty simple. It's a steady diet of cocaine. Uh, yeah. According to Johnny Manziel, that will help you lose 40 pounds. Just stick with the coke. That's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah 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 i think that's uh well i just i, I didn't know that's... if some new year's resolutions have already gone bad then i don't maybe maybe try coke it says it works for him it says it works for him it sounds number one i think you can have success on that type of diet you will have success there are risks however eh. and it is an extremely expensive diet to go on. <laughs> it's, it's the most expensive diet, I think, to go on. <laughs> right. You'll be eating eight, nine times a day, too, on an expensive diet. What's that one called? You know, you got, like, the Mediterranean diet. You got the carnivore diet. I think, is that one, you know, I don't know. What should we call it? The, um, the Johnny Manziel diet. JFF what? diet, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I like cartel diet. The cartel diet. They should do. Uh, they should do ads for that. Commercials for that. <laughs> advertising it. Big Rich at no, OKC says Diet Coke. I, they may sell a diet option for that. Yeah, but Diet uh, Coke. That is a good name. That's just what they call it. I mean, there's yeah. not an option at all. It's just. It's just Diet Coke. You don't get. It's not cheaper. Nothing. You just. You know. You get the same exact thing. Even comes in the same bag as the regular Coke. Sooterfield, yeah, yeah. Sooterfield says the Colombian diets, the, the snow Colombian diets, diet. Colombian Bam Bam diet. Oh, you guys are all over this one. Keep That's them coming. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine for all your weight loss tips right here on the on the ref. Um, you like Nashville or Salt Lake better? Not for the Coke, just for just in general. Um. I have only been to Nashville to play against the Tennessee Titans. So that consists of flying in, staying in a hotel, playing the game, and leaving. Well, you did a radio show with me in Salt Lake a few months ago. I mean, Well, I guess there. what I'm saying is I can't say which I like more because I've only been to Salt Lake. Yeah, I've only been to Salt Lake. I haven't been to Nashville before, which is shocking and surprising. I don't understand I why that's been the case. But I guess that's where uh, MLB expansion uh, MLB expansion apparently is inevitable. Nashville Ooh. and Salt Lake, the most likely for MLB expansion. Nashville definitely seems like a baseball town. 
It does. That seems like that fits. Salt Lake, though, I mean, that seems like a better place to play. Like, cooler, you're at some elevation. I don't know. What, so, like, if you play for the Rockies, is that, like, a good thing to well, play there? D- or dep- Are you a pitcher or a position player? If you're a position player, it's great. Right. A pitcher, I don't, not so much. The ball obviously carries there a lot right. more. So, does a, since the air's thinner, does a pitcher have more velocity, but it's harder to throw the breaking stuff? I don't know that. I mean, I, I'm purely just looking at it as the ball carries a lot more. Um, in terms of velo and breaking stuff, I don't know if that matters all that much. It's just more about. It kind of feels like it would almost feel like whenever you're, like when you got the wind at your back, it's harder to to make things curve. But I, I don't know. That's interesting. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two is next.